boom. Shoot, boom. <laughs> Anyways, there was a slight technical difficulty. This time it was on my end. So this is take two. We're on. <laughs> we're on episode sixty. Dude, this, uh, this takes some coordination. I, I didn't know we were starting completely from the from the beginning. I did not know too, but I, I, let's just do it just in case that our last minute and a half and our earlier recording did not make you it can, through to cloud. You can show us how good your editing skills are. Shit, man, that banter, <laughs> that banter will be lost forever. <laughs> right, Hopefully not. Hopefully it's there. That was um, Lads Unfiltered episode so sixty. <laughs> sixty. We have we have Paul who's our number one guest. This is your fourth time. Uh out of four out of sixty. Uh that's a better batting average than I would ever have in an MLB. Um, better batting average like, than Danny Jansen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. personal wow. catcher. <laughs> Hey Andrew, hey, hey Lincoln, yeah. yeah, good to be back. But uh, man, number one guest, guest, how did how did I get that credibility? You walked on and you asked to be on, and we said yes four times. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I think I think I think you bring some like hot content, you know, in terms of like topics and everything. Everyone talks. You get discussion going. Cool. No, that's good. That's good. So it's like uh, you know, it could be a turning point for you guys to get more. Um, get more, uh, get more ads going in in your in your episodes and more ads than zero. Um, <laughs> it would be a start. We're, we give out free ads all the time. Yes, we plug companies that did not wish to be plugged on this yeah. podcast, and if they found out, we might get a cease and desist order <laughs> to stop it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, how, did you guys? How's it did you been, guys man? make this I don't think you like it's, make it. Make it on YouTube. I don't know, man. Did you oh. did you not see me walk in topless and everything? Oh, I was on. I have oh. my, <laughs> my purple lights in the background turned on, so you know what's up. That was already what? a political scandal. You know, MPs walking around doing their jogging and then changing in front of the camera. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just yeah, thought episode sixty. That's pretty up there. Episode sixty is pretty up there. So yeah, it's. A- <laughs> guys keep talking over each other yeah it's it's up there i mean you know when we started yeah, i would have thought yeah i didn't go think ahead. we would I'm go sorry. to 60 but uh you know here we are 60 times later <laughs> staring right. at the same, same on, face every time <laughs> congrats on episode 60 i'm sure you know hundreds is around the corner right yeah i mean we'll see we'll see where it goes um we're, that we're doesn't sound very committal but We'll all be fighting for the hundred episode as a guest. But you know what? For something that, for an idea that came out in a yard while there was free booze, it's got it's it's lasted pretty long. Yeah, our commitment is kind of astounding that way. Like, um, you know, I really don't stay committed to very much. And like start off all these sports and then like just quit after like you know playing one time or one season. All these activities. I don't know if no, you that's can good. call I'm really... sports, so. <laughs> but then why am I sweating? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's good, guys. I'm no, I'm really happy for you guys, and and happy and grateful to to be back on your show. We're more grateful that you're willing to come on. 
And when will we ever go. stop shitting on ourselves? Probably never. Hey, if you can't shit on yourselves, then I don't know. I don't. What's that? You got to be able to laugh at uh, laugh at yourself. A lot of people take That's themselves too seriously out there, walking around with That's this like scowl on their face all the time. <laughs> but yeah. So what? What's up? What's new? It's, I think. Oh uh, man, what's new? Well, yeah, it's been a while since we. I think us three have chatted. I know I've talked to you guys individually. We've had our group kind of board game sessions and stuff like that. But uh, I just got my vaccine shot on Friday. So that's, you know, that was pretty exciting. And for me, getting my vaccine shot, you know, it's, it's like a, 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 a nice turning point and, and really hoping that the, the light is at the end of the tunnel, right, for this don't, pandemic. Don't and- go towards the light, Paul. All right. Do you get AstraZeneca? <laughs> I got Pfizer. I got <laughs> Pfizer. So, so yeah, I, I kind of avoided getting AstraZeneca, even though, um, you know, it was available at the pharmacies for my age and whatnot. But Pfizer seemed like it was the way to go. Um, so it was either the Pfizer or the Moderna. So I ended up getting the Pfizer, and so did my parents. So you know, kind of happy that you know they're covered as well. Um, my girlfriend has hers. She actually has both shots uh, now, so so which is good. Um, she's pretty much immortal to us. So <laughs> yeah, uh, you so. know it's funny that you mentioned, you know, the, like the turning point. Did it feel extra emotional? Because I know Sarah when we went out, we went to grab our get our vac- a vaccine shot like the day after you got yours, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she was saying we're sitting there, and she's like, "I don't know." It just feels so emotional. Just yeah. emotion. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I hear you, I man. Say it, that, that emotion. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's just like saying it, it. It just feels weird. I guess it does. Looking back, because the way it goes, like when you think of your, your typical vaccine, like a flu shot or whatever, you just show up at a doctor's office or pharmacy. And you get your shot. It's no big deal. And now it's just like, you know, you walk through. I guess it's the whole idea of, like, they tell you to, like, stay away from people. And now you're just, like, purpose. There's, like, a purpose of going out. And you're purposely going into it and congregating with all these people around you. And everyone has, like, one objective, which is to get the fuck out of this COVID thing. Dude, doesn't that it feel was- kind of dystopian to you? Like, you know, walking into that community center please sign in here, show us your evaluation that you took, your self-evaluation, or it right this way, sir. Then you sit down and take your vaccine, sit down, everyone face forward, and you're sitting there for 15 minutes after your vaccine. It's like in a, a big auditorium. You're just sitting there, like looking, staring at the back of someone's head. It seems like it's like Hunger Games or something. <laughs> it yeah. just 15 minutes very, is not bad. Yeah, 15 minutes is not bad. I had to wait half an hour. Wow. And I had to wait a good that long, that much more. So they kept you around. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you know, it was, it was fun sticking you, around. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, it's uh, the way that Andrew described it. Yeah. You know what? It's not just emotional. It is very, you know, strange. And the fact the setting and everything and everyone's just, yeah, it's strange. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe yeah, like, I agree with when you we're guys. in our eighties, we're going to be talking about this. Yeah. Like how I described, that was my first that time inside about. that inside that community center was getting a vaccine with 50 other people at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like outside of being at a going to a grocery store, I what haven't been in a room, an enclosed room with so many people and that was strange. 
because we've been taught and got into the habit of just not being around people, right? Unless you're going to the grocery store and you keep that distance, right? So yeah, it was it was interesting going through the maze, and you know I'm excited to get the second one. I heard it packs a wallop though, so don't be too excited. Yeah, that's what I heard too. But actually, Michelle didn't react as badly as what we've heard too. So her her second shot was more or less like the first shot. So just a sore arm, and that was it. So knock on wood, you know that was you know, it was good for her, and you know I'm hoping for the same. I wonder if it affects women differently than men because checking in with our friends group you know i got mine i'm like fuck my arm hurt for like two and a half three days or whatever like our friend derek who's been on the pod before like he was just complaining about his arm but like i never checked in with our friend carmen who's in that same chat group i never said anything to her because i'm like what if she is like just brushing that off like it's nothing i just didn't want didn't want to say anything (laughs) just in case yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Like uh, the first day after taking a shot, I was just like, "Expect." I've never. I don't have a fear for needles. Like I do my shots, I, I take my blood. You know, they take it out. Like the blood needle, needles are typically bigger, right? Um, while getting the shot, I was just. You guys gave me some serious anxiety when you guys all just said like, "Oh, my arms so- sore and all that." I'm like, "How fucking huge is this needle?" That that I'm supposed to hurt like more more so than regular vaccine shots. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> I was sitting there, Sarah's beside me. I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of nervous. And then the nurse just poked me. I'm like, wait, that's it? I'm like, oh shit, this thing's so small. But yeah, like the soreness kind of kicked in around midnight for me. Um, it was kind of, <laughs> and you know what I do at midnight? And it's just like I'm not sure if I'm feeling this or if it's the marijuana making me think it's oh. sore. But the next day it was still sore. But it wasn't like I can't lift it over my head. I, I still did some housework, a bunch of, you know, garden and stuff and all that crap. But by nighttime, I think I got, like, heat stroke. I wasn't sure if I was getting heat stroke or whatever, but I felt kind of sluggish, uh, a little bit tired. Mm. Uh, I was just like, man, I, I should probably hit the sack a little bit earlier. Um, but, yeah, who yeah. knows what that means. Uh, yeah, and, and the thing is, you know, that we have to keep in mind, which is going to be really hard, is that even though we get our second shot we're really not out of the woods you know what i mean so i heard you know michelle told me the story back in back in singapore that a lot of people just like probably a lot of most people around the world except for canada have gotten their second shot already and now and it's they're not immune to the variant so there's cases rising right now and it's it's from the variant right so you know hearing stories like that yeah it's scary so you know my thought is that man i can't just can't let my guard down you got to keep we got to keep doing what we're doing right now keep the distance you know not see you know so many people and or avoid seeing people right or avoid hanging around with people and continue to do that until it's really safe to say okay well it's over you know you know, I can hang out with my friends now. I can really see my family. I don't have to worry about anything. So so that's really hard and will be tough to get around to a lot of people because we're all excited that, you know, this could be the uh, the end of the tunnel, truly. 
does that personal responsibility uh, just depend on the individual, or is it like we're waiting for the government to tell us what to do? Because I, I mean, it's well established on this show that we have no faith in the government's judgment. Yeah. Um, and they're the ones who say, okay, lockdown is over, or we can start loosening the rules again. I don't know really what they base it on at all. Uh, are you saying that even if those rules change, we should still act as if it's a lockdown? Personally, what I know that we'll do on our end, um, because we can only control that, right, is we'll continue to wear a mask. You know, I th- I think the mask culture will become very real, just like in Asia, uh, in North America, even after pandemic's over. And, you know, I'd be okay with that, wearing a mask for, you know, some time, you know, let's just say another year or two. Um, it's just, you know, you never know, right? And we don't know what, what what's happening. And we, you know, we never did when we're just trying to learn as we go. So, um it's going to be a personal judgment at that time. And, you know, depending on how safe or conservative you are, then, you know, that's how you're going to react. But yeah, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy. That's for sure. But, uh, I, you know, we're just, we're just hoping we can travel again, you know, and, and play volleyball and see you guys, have drinks with you guys in person. So, you know, that's one thing I'm, I'm looking forward to and, and can't wait to, to do again. You got to drink through your mask, Paul. You got to pour the beer into the mask. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then yeah, whatever liquid gets through the mask will be your, your refreshment. I, you know, I'm wondering, you know, with all these mask rules being loosened in the States uh, for people who are vaccinated, how can they tell who's vaccinated and who's not? Isn't this just an excuse for people who don't like masks and don't like vaccines to walk around with no mask? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. You can't tell, right? It's it's really, and that's the thing, right? I think, you, you don't know, so. I, I think, see, the thing is, I, I don't know. Like, I get the don't let don't let your guard down and all that. But man, there's a finite amount of time that we're here. I get it. You don't want to get sick and then be knocked out and and that's it. At the same yeah. time, you don't know like what's left. And I think if you get the vaccine, you did your part. You know, if someone else is who's an anti-vaxxer in this case or just an anti-vaxxer for COVID mm-hmm. vaccine, you know, it's their choice. It's their life. You know, you can only do, do so much, right? You protect the people that want the protection. And then afterwards, anyone else, they're grown up. They can make their own decision or yep. they make the decisions on their dependents, like their kids, their t- children, because they're the ones... You know they're responsible for them, right? Who 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 is the government to tell us what to do? Because clearly these people in, in power are complete fools, anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, I, don't I get it. Like, there's I, a variant. Really, yeah. There, there's there's like a variant, but I don't think this thing's ever going to go away. And you just hope that you know if you get to seventy five percent people uh, of the population being vaccinated, that that's enough. Or the fact that, you know, nobody's going to go to an ICU due to, you know, not being vaccinated is is already good enough. I think a lot of people do end up surviving it, right? It's really just like the older people prior to this whole vaccine rollout. That's who 
everyone was afraid of, you know, bringing that disease or bringing the COVID and then giving it to them because they have a lower chance of surviving this versus really, I think the general public, in a sense, do kind of survive. It's just as long as you get it, you know, the symptoms shouldn't be to, you know, you shouldn't experience symptoms to a point where you have to go to an ICU or get on a ventilator uh, and then, you know, have a bad end and or, or just become like a, what, what do they call it? Like long haulers, people that can't walk or can't can't walk two steps without like sucking in air. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you know, one thing. I know we're talking all this bad stuff about COVID and the situation. I mean, it. yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible, you know. You know, I do hope everyone stays safe. You guys stay safe, your families. But you know, one kind of good thing that came out of COVID was that I saved a lot more money <laughs> during this period. I didn't have to spend a lot... Uh, a lot of it so um that's how i looked at it and um you know that was that was a nice thing right as as much as 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 much as a a downer debbie downer that covid was that was the the light that i saw and and i took you know i tried to take full advantage of the you know the situation and and you know having to to have more keep more money in my pocket Paul, did you just do a professional segue into the topic that you wanted to talk about? <laughs> Are you angling in for the third host? That's what I want to know. <laughs> that was well done, I'm, my friend. I'm shooting, I'm shooting for the 100th episode, man. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you're the number one Giving contender you guys a so reason. far. <laughs> well, why don't, yeah, we, so- why don't we get into it, Paul, since you know you've laid the groundwork already? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, besides saving money, uh, you know, and you guys know from the last episode that I'm, I was a huge uh, fire, uh, let's say, believer, um, and and that fire is still burning, man. Like, you know, the big thing about the fire movement was, you know, finding ways to save money, and and this was a this was a good contributor. Um, another nice thing about the COVID situation was that the interest rates got really low too. So borrowing money on the cheap was amazing for, I'm sure for a lot of people, right? I actually just closed my refinancing, uh, on my, on my, on my rental property for 1.55%. So to me, that's 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 it's a joke, right? It's a joke. I don't see you laughing, Paul. (laughs) 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 This interest rate has like friggin' set this whole real estate market on fire. Pun intended, because you're all about that fire. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, and and there there's some people uh, like JC, our buddy JC. Who might not be so keen on this low interest rate? <laughs> JC just fired a bullet right into his stereo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So even right now, my current situation, um, you know, looking for uh, a second rental property, and and really that's going to be my home to 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 live in. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the same, same challenges in, in the market I'm looking at. Um, and, and we've been hearing about this all year in the T-Tash homes, the, um, 
the 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 semis, the townhouses, they're skyrocketing like crazy. So yeah, rates are you know interest rates are good, they're great, but now affordability just becomes an issue uh, if especially if you're a per, uh, person buying the first home, right? And yeah. you just can't compete with those guys that are uh, you know buying their second home, the third home, or they just have the equity built up already from being in the in, yeah. in the game. And the condo market's a good one to to look at right now. It's not as insane as the the house market right now. Um, you know, I haven't really checked in on, on the market, but you know, using that that um, advice from my real estate agent, um, you know, looking at the prices, uh, condos is where it's at. If you have to get into the market, that's a good uh, avenue to get in still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, or that's true. Like that's for primary residence. Andrew. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm muted myself. Uh, I'd say both, really. Um, you know, we've given that advice to a certain unnamed individual before. Um, but for people um, looking for their rental property as well, you know, that market still remains viable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I want to hear your opinion about um, people moving out, out of the city. Um, into like suburbs or even further than you know outside of gta you know going all the way up north to like say barry or what whatever it might be uh, mm-hmm. or even west end um to live because of covid and how they don't have to go into the office anymore i'm right. not sure if like like what are your opinions about work from home you know being permanent you know what in my experience so my first two months of the pandemic, I worked from home because no one knew what was going on. No one knew what they could do, cannot do. And, you know, the the, the rule at that time or the, yeah, the rule at that time was just, you know, just stay home, right? Just work from home when you can until we figure out what we can do. So um, learning to work from home was new for me. So I had to adapt to it. Didn't like it at first. Um, because it was just weird, you know, just working from my bedroom and just rolling out of bed and, and just starting work, right? And you're trying to you're trying to develop your, your a new habit uh, from working from home. But what I see now is, you know, there there are some pluses and uh, pros and cons of of this situation. But what I see uh, the benefits is is time right uh you know the people you know the parents the commuters you're just saving a ton of time that you can reallocate that to yourself right uh for the people you know moving out working from home moving out of the gta you know to me uh that's i look that i look at that you know good for them and i look at that for opportunity for them to buy a, a cheaper property and I look at that as opportunity for, you know, perhaps investors like me to to get in into the GTA market where it's super expensive. So my thought process was is that, um, you know, as people move out, if they're not filling those those vacant those vacant properties, then you're going to have just a lot more supply in the GTA. So a lot more supply generally means that. Um, generally means that it will level out the the market and 
unless there's a lot of demand. So, so I guess the perfect case scenario is that a lot more supply, but but not a lot of, of demand. Um, but also, what that does is that it it minimizes the the chance of getting into bidding wars with with other people, right? When when you have properties that you can pick and choose from, then so does everyone else, right? Um, just hope that you know you're not choosing the property that everyone else wants as well. So that's I guess that's the that's that would be the odd situation. So I shall call you I'm, I'm, Polly Economics for that economics <laughs> lesson that we got there. <laughs> Very, very basic supply and demand equation that you laid out for us. I'm, I'm just more like wondering, like, are these people jumping the gun in terms of, you know, committing themselves to go up north or go out west and buying a place? I get it. The place in Barrie is cheaper than what you have to pay for, say, if you want to be in Richmond Hill, you know, Toronto, North York, or whatever it might be. But... Mm-hmm. Making that jump there, it's like, okay, let's say the current company says you can work from home, but are you going to stay with this company forever? Are you not going to interview to go potentially move around to different companies? Uh, it's it's different, right? Because like, like Paul, you, you, I guess you've been with your company for almost what, 10 years, if not more than 10 years? Almost 10 years, yeah. I'm going Coming up to my ninth year. <laughs> yeah, so like for me, I'm like a hopper, right? Like... I'm like opposite of is it opposite of a frog? I feel it. Yeah, I'm an opposite of frog. The second I feel a little heat, I'm bouncing out of that fucking pot. <laughs> um, but um, you know, like to to make that jump everywhere, it's almost like you're tying it down. Uh, you're assuming that every single company out there is gonna do that. But I guess like if you're in IT or if you're in if you're a coder, or you do apps and stuff like that. Maybe that's the case. But if you're a banker. Um, you know, downtown decor is still where it's at. I think for most, for most of these financial positions, right? I mean, even, yeah. even well, I don't a, know. If, I mean, yeah. even a developer, uh, like a coder or, or someone who works in IT, has to be, or it probably works the best in an office, right? I mean, a cohesive team being able to walk over to someone's desk and to solve an issue in like a minute versus. Sending them a Slack message, I see it. I, I'm gonna ignore that shit for the next three hours, and <laughs> yeah. like nothing gets nothing gets solved. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to to risks and rewards as well, right? I mean, if it's riskier for you to be in the office and you can work safely from home, then you know to not take that liability as a as a company, then I'm sure that's all taken into consideration. Um, I have a cousin that actually just got an internship with a game developer um, and I asked her oh are you going to move to outside are you going to move to Toronto are you going to move uh, and, and work in the office <laughs> you're going to rent her a place <laughs> that's what I was getting at no. <laughs> uh, that's, the, that's the investor in, in me talking so but <laughs> But yeah. um, you know she's got to take care of that place and not trash it like anybody. Exactly, else. exactly. And it's all about looking for good tenants, right? <laughs> good quality tenants. Yeah. But uh, she told me no, she's working from home, right? So, you know, you thought that you think that you know you would go to office because you know of all the programming and stuff you have to do. But you know, you know, it seems like 
you know they're okay with with them working at home so it seems that that may be the option that most companies are given um and we're gonna see a lot of it in terms of job opportunities that are just offering work from home uh contracts you know there might be a lot of companies that are doing that but I, i also see companies wanting to transition back to at least you know, hoteling or having some employees in the office um, or the option of having employees in the office. I mean, right before or maybe in the early days of the, the pandemic, um, maybe last summer, uh, I was rent- trying to rent out my townhouse and I had actually, you know, a verbal discussion um, with my agent, um, with another agent. Uh, a guy actually was looking at renting, but he also was like, hey, is 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 this guy going to sell? Because I'm living in Barrie. I work in Toronto. I'm looking for a place close to my office to have. Um, so, I mean, we were just on the cusp of people wanting to get closer to the city. Then all of a sudden, people were making the switch. So, you know, how, who are we to say that it's not going to just flip the switch back, you know, maybe in 2022 or whatever? Yeah. So how's your tenant experience been? It's been a year now, right? Very problem free. You know, they don't say much. Um, I actually communicated with them uh, yesterday. So they're students. They're okay. graduating yeah. in April next year. So they're not going to sign another one year lease in August. So they're going to go month to month. I think I'm okay with that. Less hassle. Um, so they okay. can go month to month until they graduate. They may want to go back to China. Uh, oh, since you know Canada has less freedoms than China apparently uh, right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they, it's amazing. It's like night and day. They've been good, so no complaints. I, I would like them to stay for as long as they can. Just you know, reduce the hassle on all sides. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, finding a quality tenant is good. It sounds like you have one. Um, it's funny. I was looking into. A, I was look. I I found a place on on the uh, MLS listing the other day and I, I wanted to see it because it had an existing tenant already. So the existing tenant was already paying, you know, $2,600 to rent a two bedroom, two plus one bedroom condo. And I was like, man, if I can spin a deal with the tenant to stay for one year um, and then, and then I would move in after, at least that was my thinking. So, but uh, you know, charging that twenty six hundred, it just worked with my numbers um, when I'm looking for a property to to invest in, and I guess um, you know, uh, you know, that's a key thing to 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 kind of learn about and 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 dig into the reasoning on on what's a good property or not to to buy into. Um, so that's what I've been doing. I mean, I, I guess I'm going to segue to... <laughs> to Did you get to, any uh, advice from our topic? other guest? Podcast 009, Leo. Leo? Uh, yeah. A, a man we have not heard from in a while. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I'm actually working with Leo. You know, uh, working with Leo and his partner uh, with this, on, you know, on, on my journey. And, and, you know, my real estate journey is different from everyone else. And, um, you know, meeting his partner and, and, and talking to them through it, uh, what I wanted and what they, 
what they can offer me and, and bring to the table was was an eye opener because they are they're helping their clients to really as they 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 like to help uh, real estate investors and they they generally um, they generally oh this is a plug for them this <laughs> we can edit it work with, it's okay <laughs> we they generally work with real estate investors which that was what I was trying to become as well because you know as part of you know learning about fire I was trying to find more ways of making additional income right so I know that's something I didn't talk about in the you know in the last episode because you know I didn't quite find that yet so in the last year and a half I really tried to find my I found my rhythm in terms of what I want to do for myself and you know because you know no one's just happy with you know one salary or one income source from 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 the from the people you work for right speak so, for yourself uh, melinda gates <laughs> and whatever her bez- bezos <laughs> they're happy with those checks yeah <laughs> but uh you know i just started looking outside thinking uh, try to think outside the box and try to just not be satisfied with with one income stream right you know, even though, you know, I'm making good money, right? Even from the, with the company I'm working with, but, um, you know, just learning how to use money to make more money, right? So that was, that was my whole thinking, um, at the beginning of, you know, really getting into real estate invest, uh, investing and, you know, you know, Leo and his partner, Jason, they really taught me, uh, the strategies and, and really opened up this, this, this door for me. So one of the key strategies that, um that i really didn't know was you know using you know not using your money to try to buy a second property or whether it be or or maybe it's your first property right um and and how do you do that cuz before i started i before i met up with them in my head i was thinking man i need to save up aggressively for this next down payment right but then when they introduce the fact that I can, because I had a rental property already, I was able to refinance my current rental property and use my equity to withdraw from my equity, whether it's in a HELOC or you're refinancing, it's same thing. The interest rate is just a little bit different. And you can use it to withdraw the funds and put it as a down payment to your property. Do you guys know that? That's what I did to buy this house I'm in right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, <laughs> so I'm not teaching anything new then. Well, maybe Link. Is there, is is there a name, name for that strategy? So the name for the strategy, so yeah, it's... So one thing, that particular strategy, I mean, there's more to it. So it is something called the Smith Maneuver. So what the Smith Maneuver is, is that essentially if you have, it works better if you already have a property um, because you know how there's an interest rate, or sorry, there's an interest that you pay currently as a primary resident owner, you currently pay interest on your mortgage, right? Mm -hmm. So generally, you know, if that's, if you're on a five-year term, 10-year, whatever it is, you know, that's quite a substantial amount of money, 
right? Could be $5,000 a year, could be up to $10,000 a year, depending on how much your property is worth. So Smith Maneuver, what the teaching is, is that it teaches you to be able to uh, legally deduct that interest on your primary resident, on your primary residence that you can't do general, uh, that you can't do right now, let's just say. So how do you do that? So it's because you have business income through rental. Yeah, exactly. That's one. Uh, basically what the CRA checks for is that as long as you're using the funds to, to, uh, put it towards a source where you're going to make an income, right? So you can actually, uh, borrow, let's just say a hundred K and one, you can put a down payment into your, into an investment property because you're getting an income from your tenant. Two, you can invest in stocks and you can gain a dividend in that sense because that's still the income. Uh, three, you can just be a, you can use 100K to just become a day trader because once you classify, classify yourself as a day trader, that's essentially a business income. And then the fourth thing is that if you're reinvesting into your business, your current business, or if you're trying to venture into a new business idea, and that would be considered income. So you can, at the end of the year, when you do your taxes, essentially you can deduct that chunk of money. I mean, you know, it might not be so much to an average person, but still, you know, this is my, me wearing my fire hat is that money is money. You're saving a hundred, when you're saving, whether you're saving a hundred dollars or $500, money is money, right? Because you, you know, I've learned that whatever money, spirit money I have, I'm going to make sure it works for me. And I'm going to make it grow. Makes complete and total sense, my man. So the, the Smith Maneuver is a smart approach to take when you, you, know, you have that first property, uh, you're looking at buying that rental property. It's something I would have done, except you know, I did it almost in the reverse, right? I have an existing property that I moved out of, rented it out. Uh, in my circumstance, it wouldn't have worked. But, um, you know, for future properties, it's something that I can look at down the road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, also, you know, and, and you know, just a disclaimer, you know, this is not, uh, this is just education, right? I'm, I'm not a professional. I can't really give this advice to, to your listeners. You're not financial advice? <laughs> so, we should disconnect so you another- right now. <laughs> Wall Street bets. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh you know you know this that's could our work title well. by the way you nailed it yeah <laughs> and and you know for for the people that you know for us we're millennials right and you always hear and read articles that millennials are you know struggling to buy their first home because it's so expensive in the gta and whatnot but there's so much strategies that you can do but you know it some takes a little bit of sacrifice but some are totally doable right so i'll just give you guys my um, my my example or what I, I'm currently doing, you know, I made the decision a couple couple years ago, two to three years ago, that you know I'm going to move back with my parents and and I'm going to save some money and I'm going to rent out my place. So that's totally like a, a nice hack for yourself, right? To to earn that additional income, right? So the sacrifice is living with your parents. So 
you know, as long as you have good relationship with the parents and they're okay with it, then you know it's 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 not too bad, right? So you know, for the for the people that are just getting in and you know maybe they don't want to live with their parents and you know earn that second money by buying a rental property, then maybe just buying a duplex property, right? Where you live either on the top or the basement and you rent out the the the, the other floor, right? So that's a hack right there, right? You're living in the property, you're you're renting out a portion of your property, whether it's half or a quarter, however you tell the CRA, and you can deduct um, a lot of your operating expenses against you know against that um, that rental property. So so you know that's a good starting point because really you're just trying to build your equity, you know, getting in the door. You know why why try to struggle? to pay for a mortgage all by yourself when you know there's other methods to you know have someone you know help you with that right so yeah i agree i mean that's a pretty good approach the second approach you mentioned the first approach i'm not sure too many parents would would uh, agree with you having all these kids come home um you talk about you making that sacrifice and your parents love you of course but it's really your parents making that sacrifice. It's like shit. We got rid of this kid, and now this kid's back. We were yeah, running yeah. around this house with clothing optional. And now this kid is back in our house. <laughs> oh my god! I don't want to paint that picture. <laughs> well, but but to be fair, um, the, your work also puts you in outside of like having to live every day or be in the same house with your parents every day right yeah like, exactly it'll, it'll just be like a weekend situation uh exactly so that's you know that that makes it a lot more doable uh yeah and, and also you're 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 we're, we're asian so when i say we obviously me and you i'm asian uh, too guys anyways go ahead <laughs> honorary asian there um honorary token asian yeah uh Dude, I would love to 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 go back home and, and I don't, actually, you know what? I don't know if I would love to go back home. Uh, I I love the aspect of the money in my pocket, um, but like the freedom of it all. Yeah, it is, it's it to each to each to each your own, right? And you know, it's yeah. definitely something I don't uh, don't think everyone would be down for. Um, you know, it's more like the significant other. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and you and you have a family, right? So it's uh, you're totally you're in a totally different situation than than I am. Do you guys talk uh, about it like it's a cultural thing, like Asian only? My mom would love to have me back home. I remember when I first moved out, my mom's like, "Aren't you scared living in that place all by yourself, <laughs> like close to Young Street?" It's like, why don't you come back home? And every time I come home, it's like, here's your favorite meals and stuff. Like, just greasing the wheels a bit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that's a nice thing to have, man. And, and you, you can't, um, you got to be grateful. You got to be grateful for, for that, you know, being in, being able to say you, you have that relationship with your parents and, and being in this types of situation because, you know, it's, it is nice, man. I'm, you know, uh, you know, our parents sacrificed so much time and efforts just to, you know, bring us to where we're at now. So, you know, it's just giving back and just, you know, give give them your 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 presence, man. Gift them with your time. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's 
speaking as a parent, this parent corner segment here. Uh, <laughs> it is, it is to a point where, you know, at this point in life with, 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 with Zach, it's like he's young, like Sarah and I are, are his world. Uh, but eventually it's not going to be right like after a couple more years he's going to want his own mm-hmm. freedom and then 15 years down the line he's all peace out you know I'm going to do my thing uh, I want to live by myself or whatever get my freedom yeah. clothing optional uh, <laughs> Paul will be right there to rent him an apartment <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, just um, go talk to Uncle Paul he'll hook you up yeah. give you that family discount <laughs> yeah um, yeah, I mean, gifting them the, the time, they they probably do love it. Uh, again, granted, if you have a good relationship with them. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it's not the first time I heard about it. I actually recently heard about it from, from my brother-in-law when he's been looking for a place. And he's just talking about the whole Smith maneuver. But I think he did it a little bit more aggressive in terms of uh, incorporating and then having the property be owned by set yep. number company, um, yep, and then doing the deduction that way. Um, yep, that's a good I, uh, that's a good way to do that too. I actually looked into that for myself, but then my accountant told me that you know I, I need to make more money first before it where where really uh, where benefit. Yeah, where it really benefits you because, you know, the cost of incorporating was like $2,500 and then you got to pay a fee to, you know, annually, you know, uh, have your accountant look at it and evaluate and make sure that, you know, everything is all gravy and whatnot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Very appreciative that you did reach out to me uh, to get tax (laughs) advice because I get ask tax advice all the time and I tell them it's not the tax that I do um, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever thought about it about what uh, getting into taxing? that type of taxing yeah uh, I don't know or, or you just there's, or you just strictly stick into what you know to be honest there's a lot of things I want to do in my life but I also don't know what those things are Mm. <laughs> staring at more numbers and tax act is something that I don't, you know, see myself doing. Yeah. Um, what I you got to do is create your own software in your spare time and say, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll work on your taxes. Meanwhile, your software is doing it for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I honestly do feel like being exposed to the type of tax that I do and seeing all these um, supposedly... Uh, what's that word I'm looking for like the top of the top the best uh, enterprise software solution for the tax that I do and I see it and it's all farce and it's complete bullcrap uh, BAs telling me that they can give me a solution and then when we finally implement it I realize that it's complete backwardness and I was just like this doesn't make any sense when you guys presented this case to me or presented this solution to me it sounds good it makes logical sense but when in in practice is actually it's not doing what it's supposed to do so i do feel like right. yeah hey well, well stay in your stay since in your you have some man. spare time there you want to help me so develop some stuff <laughs> well we got a ba we got a pm out here too paul you're a Side PM, hustle. Right? yeah we just need a sales <laughs> we just now, need a sales rep now we just need a, a developer oh. who can actually do the work um 
That's what you mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did did our product just fail before it launched? (laughs) Well, well, hold hold your ground. Hold your ground, Lincoln, because you don't want that. Uh, you don't want that app to replace what you do. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I don't know. Take it like year by year. Who knows? Like, like I was saying, you, you're, you've been with your company for nine years. I've been with my company for over two years. Uh, it's the longest term, like employment term, in one single company that I've been in since my no frills days. <laughs> yeah. Nice, man. That's where Initially, it starts. Initially, honestly, when I first started, graduated, I thought I'm going to find a firm and I'm going to be a lifer there. Clearly, that didn't take place. It's just, you know, when you start seeing the real world for what it is, (laughs) you realize loyalty uh, to a corporation or to a boss means nothing to them. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, I I get into this whole shit about corporations (laughs) all the time. But, yeah, I work for one. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I remember, uh, you know, in the last episode, I told you guys that, you know, I was thinking about retiring at 55. And, you know, I thought at that time, you know, that was just a goal and might even be a stretch. But, uh, you know, after kind of reevaluating what I'm doing right now and, you know, what I can earn um, and save, you know, I've actually slashed my my goal by five years now. And so I'm hoping to retire by 50. I know I'm announcing it on on this podcast, so I'm I'm gonna hold myself to it. <laughs> well, we'll keep this podcast in archives, uh, so yeah. we can always refer back to it. Are you planning on winning the lottery? Because I, I feel like you're not annoying enough. We can only win our own lottery if we can if we start doing our lottery draws again uh, within our friends group. But that that stopped uh, when the pandemic hit. This is things I don't understand. Why are do the most annoying people win the lottery? Or so it seems. <laughs> Whenever I see those lottery commercials, like watching all these sports broadcasts. Mr. Encore? Yeah, that Mr. Encore, that dude, that guy, I would punch that guy in the face if I ever saw him. Like and the guy, yes. the Lotto Max guy who's playing with the puppies in that commercial. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the the shadiest, most annoying people seem to always win and they seem to be rubbing it in our face. A dirtbag like you could win too. Why don't you sign up for the lottery? <laughs> yeah. a, hey, if it was me and I won that lottery and they asked me to be in the episode or, or a commercial, I'm just going to take off my hat and be like, I won $50 million. What, what do I do with it? Fucking grow my hair back, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you got like the rock star, like 80s hair metal. <laughs> but what, what are you going to do with all that time, though? Oh you man! Know, what if you retire at fifty? You know what? Um, that's a good question because at that time that I was looking to retire, or at least setting that goal for myself, I didn't know what, what I was going to do. And actually, going through the pandemic right now and working from home, I really learned more about okay, well, because I had to adapt to my situation and I didn't have all that time before. I had to learn. Well, how do I fill in that time? So, 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 um, gradually, you know, when I say retire at fifty, I I really mean that I'm going to retire from full time at fifty and and still work part time because what I don't want to do for for my company, you know, I'm going to be grateful for you know everything they've done for me and you know I want to leave, uh, you know, at a good 
at a good age and 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 you know when I had am am financially ready to leave. Um, I want to make sure that I don't leave them in a pinch either, right? I I want to make sure that you know I leave that they are going to be okay to you know carry things on and they don't really need me to to you know either run the team or or uh, contribute to to growing the business. Um, but uh, to answer your question, um, you know, man, I got I love reading now, so you know I got I know. Now I have books lined up that I want to read, and in the future, you know, I don't, I don't see that going away. Uh, so, so learning, you know, I mean, you know, just, just having the time to be able to sit it down and and read more would be nice. Um, you know, the one thing that really, uh, the one thing that really um, inspired me to retire earlier. Is really just to just to hang out with my parents more, to be honest, and and really at that age when I do retire, my parents are going to be in their eighties, and you know I I do want to take care ter- care of them. You know I know, you know, out of me and my sister, you know it's it's going to be me, right? Because because uh, I know I I have the better relationship with them, and you know I I want to be able to be there for them, right? So that's my that's probably my why. Uh, as to why I want to do it, uh, at, you know, on top of everything else, I would say that's my number one. Um, and uh, we have Paul's sister waiting to join uh, the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is like talk show trash TV. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, no, I yeah, I, I definitely yeah, just called her out, but but she, I think she knows it too. She. <laughs> I, I hear stories and um, you know and and right now it's uh, but it's all good though it's it's, it's still uh, you know I'm sure it's all love but uh, but you, you just have to have oh, the patience I think. yeah he's frozen for me I think his sister hacked his, <laughs> his sister. <laughs> hacked his computer so um, oh I can oh, see where you guys he was going with that but, uh, oh, well, we can message him but you know. Our man Paul has some lofty goals retiring at 50. He will only hear this part of the conversation after he listens to it. So, let's try not to trash him. <laughs> I don't know, like have have you ever thought about it? Like people talk about retiring early all the time, right? Um what do you got to do with all that time? It's just it's like you, there's a dream and there's always that hustle of like trying to get there and get there, but are you not worried that when you look for so far in the in the distance that you kind of forget the present time? Like I'm just thinking, like through this COVID, prior to this, we we play volleyball, um, and so that got cut off. Uh, we're gonna have to figure out the squat cast Dude, thing. This um, is gonna be a Frankenstein well, was, episode. Yeah, it was good. It was good convo, and then just got cut off there. But, it's Paul's um, sister. I'm telling us, you. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, we sat in the back with a lot of hair. <laughs> uh, um, this is not the I was saying, like, like, like Paul, like, in s- s- saying to to Andrew about how we would spend all that time, but it's also like all this hustle and trying mm-hmm. to think of like get in there. 
hopefully it's not detrimental and when i say detrimental i don't mean it that way but more so like the hustle is so much that you kind of forget the present moment right yeah something that i realized over this COVID thing is like especially since we used to play volleyball a lot Mm -hmm. you know we're still jumping and uh, still jumping and all that granted the, the weekend might be a little bit rough uh, on the back and on the knees but now it's almost like shit i don't even know if i can jump um mm-hmm. you know yeah i mean t- tell yeah, me about it's it it's more like i have the fear of losing it yeah i mean tell me about it you know um cer- certainly it's nice to have those goals and those plans in mind i haven't particularly made those plans myself you know my plan is make as much money as possible for as long as possible while doing as little work as possible uh <laughs> trying to take on so much responsibility so you know obviously you know, i'm looking in in the job market right now you know you're getting various different things um you have to weigh kind of your future versus your present uh, i know for example for me a manager role um you know it looks great on a resume get you for future opportunities whatever but like the responsibility of managing five plus direct reports and then certain large companies don't particularly pay very well but you're paying for that prestige to be on your resume right you know what do i really want um you know am i looking at a a present you know life enjoyment or am i looking at like future uh future building Uh, to me it's just a trade-off that you have to make and you have to consider um i haven't considered the long-term financials and when i want to stop working Uh, you know work is a huge part of my identity as well as much as I hate it, um, that's right now, especially during COVID, there really is nothing else. So, yeah, yeah I agree with I agree with you guys uh, about what you said about you know having more time for yourself. Actually, that's that that is one thing I, I want to talk about on on this episode was um, uh, was a, a book that I that I came across, and it was uh, it's called Time Smart by Ashley. Willens, and it's something that you know when I came across this book something that I recognized for myself is that you know through the hustle and everything of, of just you know grinding and spending all your time earning money you know I had I, I've always struggled with you know that work-life balance right and and you know that's something that you know I hate to do to my family and friends, but uh, it's just I I guess I hate to say it, but I do so naturally because my mindset is 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 to make more money, is to put in the time to make more money, and and that's what at least that's just what um, my thought is is that is something that you know you have to do if you want to earn more money, you have to put in more time. But what this book is teaching me is that you know to to you know not become time poor and when i say time poor it means that you just don't have time for yourself and and really it's teaching me to become time rich right so uh so it's really first you gotta identify to yourself you know um you know are you the type of person that want more time but you just sacrifice the money right or you're the other person that wants more money and you're and you're sacrificing your time, right? You, there's 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 two options and and you know you're you'll either you know it sounds like you know it sounds like to me 
um, that uh, you know you might want to be more on the you guys are more on the you want more time on your hands and and maybe sacrifice the money. Why can't I have both? Like right. I mean, exactly. a devil's advocate. There's two. Well, I can't be judging. But exactly. <laughs> there's there's exactly. obviously a sliding scale in between, right? Right, and that's what I ask myself too when I'm reading this book. You know, why can't I have both, right? And you know, I haven't finished reading the book yet, but you know, bringing it up was you know I'm just at least I'm just telling you guys what I'm getting myself, you know, what I'm learning about and on on my time, and um, it's interesting because it's really teaching me to you know outsource when you can, right? Because what is your time worth to yourself, right? And if you're spending a little bit more money just to gain that extra hour or two and you're reallocating that hour or two to something else that's going to make you happy that you do, you know, um, maybe Lincoln, in your case, you're spending time with your kid, with your son, right? Or spending more time with Sarah, right? So, so that's something that I'm slowly learning and, um, and try to, you know, try to live a more balanced life and, and a happier life. Right, so so I'm yeah so I'm excited to to finish reading the book and and you know do their exercises and uh, you know see where it goes. Are you saying you're going to outsource your next appearance to someone who looks <laughs> like you? <laughs> Why well, I don't need to. I already got I already have someone that's already part of the sh- part of the show. <laughs> I've been here for all sixty episodes. <laughs> there you go. Now, well, Link is going to outsource to you now. <laughs> Yeah, there man. I mean, yeah, it's such a delicate thing, right? Like, yeah, it's it's a hard way to to balance that. I think, especially in in between, like the dynamics with like me and Sarah. I definitely think I'm I'm one that typically, I, it's because my my thought process is like, if I do so much work, if I spend more than my nine to five. Um, mm-hmm doing the work and getting something done it doesn't mean like i'm gonna have a clean plate and tomorrow morning i don't have more Mm -hmm. work it's just someone else is gonna get me more work it's an endless thing and if you finish everything and there's no work (laughs) shit you have to be worried because then really is your job really that vital in in that sense right yeah and i know that well for me it's always (laughs) (laughs) but at the end of the day it's almost like a company's gonna survive they're gonna live as long as you meet the critical deadlines, uh, I think a lot of companies talks about talk about like work life balance, and few will do anything about it. And even if the one, even the ones that do do have programs set up and they encourage it, it's up to you, right? It's up to you as an individual mm-hmm. to take event, not take advantage, but actually use the program and actually decide to have that balance. Um, mm-hmm. And I know it's sometimes it depends on the person that you report to and how the structure is with a company because maybe your boss or the person you report to is a hard ass and they expect everything done kind of stuff. Um, and uh, so far, like I, I've kind of lucked my way through and I got into a profession where uh, it's just myself in most situations or in most companies. Uh, mm-hmm. Funny enough, the only time that I ever had a bad situation is when I had to report directly into a, a bigger team. Um, so now I know I always make sure if I join a company, I'm the only one. <laughs> so no one knows can, what the heck I do. There can only be one. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I think you guys have a good point there. And, you know, I do, 
um, I do want to tell you guys that um, you know in it you know on top of you know trying to retire early you know part of my overall game plan or my goals is to make sure that one um, uh, one that I do have the, uh, the the finance the finances in my investment to support my annual salary right and I think I talked a lot about that in the last podcast but really you know now you know now I'm thinking again and trying to learn more ways to make money so that during my retirement I can continue making more money without putting in you know the 40 hours a week the 50 hours a week you know right now uh, easily I'm putting in you know minimum 50 hours a week and you know it could go as up until you know 65 hours a week right that's insane like I, I've just been busy 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 since you know since you know the end of last year and it really hasn't uh the gas pedal hasn't hasn't eased off yet but so you know i'm finding more ways and you know and i wanted to share with you guys um because you know i've i've learned a lot more ways where i can earn money where i don't have to spend the 50 hours the 60 hours right and that's what i'm trying to get to just like everyone else i imagine Right, so real estate investing was one avenue that uh, I thought was a great option. Uh, my second option was actually I, I stumbled across uh, learning about you know stocks and then getting into option trading. So that actually has been a great avenue that I want to share with you guys. And then the third thing I, I started doing, uh, sign up for maybe a month ago, uh, was uh, Uber delivery. Right. And that was I just did that for fun because you know me and my girlfriend thought you know it'd just be it just be fun you know when we're going for our walks let's just see you know how much money we can make and I think on the first night we did uh, in two hours we did you know forty forty one dollars right so you know twenty dollars an hour is is pretty good right it's it's bigger than it's it's more than uh, uh, minimum wage which was cool but you know uh, I I think. You know, it's definitely not my first choice. If I were to say, <laughs> trying Reading to, at to Walmart make more is money. Your first choice. <laughs> hold on, hold when on. You're 50, are you we'll walking? Are you walking these these deliveries? I'm, I'm walking. Yeah, dude, I'd be I'm so walking. pissed. I'm like, dude, my order got picked up 45 minutes ago. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Okay, in Michelle's area because she lives in uh, Young and Finch. Yeah, everything's walking distance. Everything's walkable. Yeah. When I was dropping food off to these people, they were just surprised, like, "Oh, you're what? Oh, that's different." So, <laughs> so you know, it was like, you know, yeah, you could have walked yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But it was it was great. It was a great experience, you know. Um, something we don't do very often, but it was something that we just do for fun. Uh, you know, my my first choice was what I what I what I shared with you guys earlier was just real estate investing and you know I'll kind of before I jumped into option trades I just want to tell you a little bit about my goal I've talked to a little bit of a, some strategy um, but high level I want to give you guys an idea um, as to you know what the average person can do because this is something that I'm looking to do for myself at least uh, giving uh, giving me more of a source to pay off my mortgage in the future because you know wanting to you know retire in the GTA you know houses properties aren't going to be cheap right we know that everyone knows that so how do we get there JC right? do you know that <laughs> so so one shot up the radio 
Yeah. <laughs> so one way is, um, you know, again, what I've currently started doing already was renting out a property, right? And you know that income is, you know, let's just say, you know, twenty k a year, right? Uh, after you know you you do your taxes and, and and whatever, but you know, being able to shoot for you know four other uh, investment properties. So just imagine having five investment properties in total. I mean, this is not something that, again, uh, only education, not advice. <laughs> it's not something that you can, um, you know, get right away because of the of, of the value of that asset, right? Um, but definitely achievable. I think I'm gonna achieve it in a course of my time while I'm still working. Um, but again, it's a goal. If I hit it, I hit it. It'd be great, but if I don't, at least I had a goal to kind of get there, right? So, so what does that mean? So, having five properties of rental income, you know, that's a hundred k a year. That's a six figure side hustle that anyone can do. Any average person, um, you know. I don't know about anyone, Paul. <laughs> Only Polly Monopoly can get that done. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's I. I'm really sorry. Because, no, 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 it's okay. no, no, no. It's um. Poly Monopoly. I like that. That should be my nickname. You got an origin um, story right here. There you go. There you go. You know, it's um. You know, maybe I just surround myself with uh. You know, like-minded thinkers that already think this way, and you know, I listen to these types of podcasts that. Are motivating me, are encouraging me. So um, you know, something that I it's always on my mind, and something that I'm growing and, and learning as a person as well, or as an investor. Um, so so you know, uh, you know how how nice would life be if you know you had that you know passive income coming in, you know, when you're retired. So that's how I'm uh, how I'm viewing it at least, and that's what's contributing, motivating me to get to that goal. Yeah, that's a, so, that's a really you know, real estate heavy approach. And, and that might be the approach that you think is probably the best or the easiest or, or whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. looking at some diversification. Uh, again, I have one rental property. I'm looking mm-hmm. at other ways. I mean, right now I'm in a bit of a, a holding pattern, uh, mm-hmm. but I do want to start, you know, investing in, you know, uh, green companies, not those type of green companies, the other type of green companies like renewable energy, um, okay. you know, electric vehicles, those kind of things. Um, get those rolling and then you know think about my next if I want to do like a second rental property at some point down the line Uh, but really I want to manage my TFSA um, you know use as much of that as possible and and really diversify a bit right now I'm I'm currently sitting with money in funds right now Mm -hmm. Um, you know thank again thank God for saving because Mm -hmm. you know being without a job right now um, and having to pay these mortgages off, uh, it's a good thing yeah. that I save, and it's a good thing that I have that line of credit to fall back on as well, right? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of things yeah. wouldn't be possible. I'd be taking your your first approach, uh, moving back home, <laughs> living with mom. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, you you know that's you know that's and that's just one avenue, and and it's you know it's not for everyone, but um, you know something that. Um, I, I'm I, I want to learn to do um, you know it's, I'm my 
way of thinking and and going about these types of strategies is that I like testing th- new things out on myself and I like trying new things. So um, you know, I guess just being open minded to other types of uh, strategies and, and income that other people are already doing. Right? There's people that have ten properties, twenty properties. And you think to yourself how they manage it, but you just go back to you know time is time is money, right? So you just outs- you can you can consider outsourcing at that time and and, and what may you right? So um, I know one thing that I want to really try for myself, and I've been learning a lot about is uh, using the Burr strategy. So B R R R. I mean, I, I think there could be many R's after that, but essentially that strategy is you buy a property right you 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 renovate the property and and the property that i'm looking to buy in the future uh i'm hope hoping hopefully it is a a uh, a detached home that can be converted into a duplex right because at least what i'm learning about is that you know um the the, the next step after buying this home after renovating when i when I mean renovating, you're renovating the basement to turn it into a legal duplex. And then what do you do after? You rent it out. So you rent out the bottom floor, you rent out the top floor, and then that's income right there, right? What do you do next? You, uh, the next R is you refinance that property. Once you refinance a legal duplex property, from what I'm told, it that valuation of that property goes up much more than what you originally purchased for because you just made that property much that much more valuable. And then the last are you just repeat the, 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 the last three steps. So that's what people are doing, right? Maybe people that are not in our circle, but at least people that I'm slowly learning about and, and listening to. So I think it'd be fun just to try it out and, and see where it takes me, right? I mean, um, you know, I, you know, it's it's funny because I've I've had dis disencouragement before about trying new things and, and whatnot, but I like failure, right? I I welcome failure to to my life because I know that every situation that I've been in that you know I, I it was either a mistake or whatever, but you learn from it, right? You pick yourself up, you learn from it, and then you become a better uh, person, you become a better inverse investor. And, you know, and then you try to, you know, and I, now, now, I'm, now I'm trying to hopefully share that kind of experience with you guys, right? Um, you either learn from your failure or you become a super villain after the world, yeah. reje- <laughs> after the world rejects you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I think it's, uh, yeah, it makes sense. Like, it is, it is like one of those passive income strategy that you think about because what typically these places take 25 years to to pay off and you got a tenant mm-hmm. or tenants over that period of time by the time you're done working you know 55 60 in your case 50 uh mm. that mortgage should be paid off and everything else that comes in should just be pure income at that point because there's no that's, deduction yeah that. yeah so yeah that's that's no. what i'm hoping i mean it'd be nice i mean you know it's uh you know, definitely, you know, take it day by day, step by step and, and, and see what I can make out of it. I feel you, man. So Here I am just just trying new shit like, you know, 
taking care of a bonsai tree, and, but you're you're buying like real property. Or oh. <laughs> you're you're a, you're a high stake. You're a high stake hey, poker man. player. I'm just here okay. doing my scratch. <laughs> scratch, I should say. Well, well we're we're going to see you on a commercial one day playing with puppies, Link. <laughs> what type of puppies, yo? Hey, man. Not the Deborah Stone Cold Steve Austin puppies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I I mean, you know, I, I get I, I I make it sound easy and everything, but uh, you know, it's 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 uh just a high level plan right i mean um you know it's you know i can't you know i i I spent a lot of time and a lot of effort learning about it so um you know i did sacrifice you know some things to to get to where i'm at um but you know i'm not not you know there's nothing to boast about it's just uh you know i really just want to share with you guys and and you know to to your listeners and and really just opening the doors for for you know the to, just to show you guys what's possible because you know pandemic has really created this you know rough patch for you know for some people and you know um you know it's not easy right to 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 get through this um you know and and that goes goes back to you know just being grateful where i am right now and you know at least just having a job still still healthy and and uh you know haven't uh you know haven't hit any turbulence let's just say well, you got a plan, and like those Quest Trade commercials, tell me, <laughs> dude, hope yeah. is not a plan. Yeah, and then well, five seconds of awkward eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Quest Trade, you know, I've, I'm a Quest Trade user as well, and you know, I, I dabbled in this. I, I, I invested in stocks, and I started, you know, more or less the same time you guys did. Uh, for me, it was two years ago, right? And, you know, I really got more into it once the market tanked in, in March 20, 2020. And I bought a lot of the dip, right? I bought a lot of shares at the dip. And it was great because I saw a lot of great returns this year. So, but, uh, you know, uh, what led me into my, my second source of income? Um, and it's something that I remember I told you guys about that I, I, was, I was taking a course and I was really wanting to to learn about it, and um, you know, how did I even come across options trading? Because I never even heard of it, but um, you know, it it seemed like this you know this this other income that you can get. So my uh, my real estate uh, accountant, she her husband, her and her husband. They actually, you know, I got this email one day from her and, and it's just like, you know, she's, she's starting, like she, she markets a lot of her, her, her services. So, you know, I, I, I started getting emails once I subscribed to her, uh, to her email list. And then I got this one email one day that said, um, you know, how to generate another stream of income from your phone. So me being as curious as I was, I was like, okay, let me join this webinar and, and see what it is, right? I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I didn't, um, you know, f- the first thing that crossed my mind was like, okay, is, is this legitimate, right? Because, and I thought, you know, it's my real estate accountant. It's her business. Like she's, she's really putting it on the line by, by advertising this kind of stuff. So I thought to myself, you know, it can't be. You know, it can't be a scam or anything. It's you know, it's got to be some sort of legitimacy because her her 
hourly rates are not cheap for a cons consultation. So, so I joined the webinar and, and it really, right then and there, it, it, it kind of showed this other side of the stock market, which was, you know, trading options, right? So I don't know if you guys know anything about trading of, of what options are or in your experience, have you, have you guys had any experience? Nope. No, sir. Okay. So Teach us, Professor. Professor X. Only only education. So what options is at least it, it gives you the 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 opportunity to um, to to uh, play with the I don't know I'm just gonna say like play with the stock market in terms of how you can let's say bet right. Um, what I do is is really what I'm gonna talk about because. It's what I've been taught, what I know, and and what it is is that I'm I'm selling put options, right? And what selling put option is is that in the market, in this option train of that company, uh, it offers you the opportunity to potentially buy a stock, whether it's Apple, Tesla, or you know AMD, below its current market value. Okay, so, so having, so when I thought, when I first learned about that and then I thought to myself, well, why am I buying, if there's another way to buy it for cheaper, why am I buying at market price, right? That's just kind of what came, went across my head. And, and then uh, additionally to buying to having the opportunity to buy a stock at a lower price, someone else on the other side of the market that's, that's, that you're joining a contract with is giving you a premium for that contract. Okay, so I'll give you an example. So, okay, so do you guys know how insurance works generally? Right, you guys have car insurance, you guys have you know maybe life insurance yeah, and whatnot. Don't, don't, don't tell the feds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have car insurance, home insurance. <laughs> so essentially, you know, when you're paying a car insurance company, you're paying them a premium every month, every year for an opportunity that if you ever got in a car accident, that they would pay you uh, a, a lump sum for the damages, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So in this case... What I'm doing in the market is that I'm entering a contract with someone else that's willing to pay me a premium. So let's just say the stock price. Um, so I'm, yeah. So let's visually paint the picture. So let's just say your you know Apple stock is at a hundred dollars at the moment, and that's the current market price. And you go into your options chain and you choose a strike price where you want to enter in a contract with another person. So let's just say it's $80, right? And with this contract, there's also a time expiry. I don't want to get too, too technical. I just want to really share the, the strategy. And um, so you, the, the market price is at $100. You're essentially entering a contract at $80. So you're saying to the other guy, so that, hey, in the future, 
um, that person will give you money right now, today, to enter in that contract with them. So in the future, if the market goes down to $80 or below, then you will buy his their shares, their stock shares for $80, right? Their benefit is that they're paying a insurance premium so that they have that protection in case the market tanks, right? I, me, I guess I'm the uh, the insurance company in this case, right? If I were to tie in that example, I'm I'm collecting that premium, say the twenty dollars, to enter in the contract to say in the future, if the market goes down to eighty dollars, I'm willing, I will have to buy that stock for eighty dollars. But you pay me twenty dollars now to 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 enter in that to enter in that contract with you, okay? But what we do, at least what I've been taught, is there is a conservative approach to it because we know how volatile the market is. We know, you know, there can be swings, especially with Tesla, right? That you probably seen recently. Elon created um, those. Anyways, yeah, exactly, exactly. Pumping up, so pumping up so, Bitcoin and dropping it down just right, for fun. Right, right. So essentially, <laughs> that asshole. <laughs> so, so just what I fun. do? Yeah. Dogecoin. <laughs> so. So the strategy is just selling put options and, and making that income. And what, it, what you're doing is that the strategy is, or at least what I follow, is that I'm choosing the, the price with um, well below what the current market price is. Okay, So if the per- current market price is $100, then generally... I want to give myself a 20% buffer of, uh, of, of downside uh, fall in the market. Um, so if, especially when you have volatile stocks, you want to go maybe 40%, right? And what that does is that you know, you're collecting a premium from another person. And ideally, you don't want that contract to be what they call exercise so that you have to buy that uh, those shares for $80 or for $40 but but you know even if you do end up buying those shares just make sure you're 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 entering a contract in a quality stock that has the historic uh, um, backing that it's generally uh, that the, the price is generally going up right and just like the market in general, if you look wait 100 years ago till now, the market graph and the trend is going up. So in this strategy, you have to be bullish. Okay, In order for you to collect the premium and let's say win the contract at the end, you have to be bullish or uh, neutral. When I, when I, what I mean by neutral is that the, the price of the stock uh, just moves sideways, but it never hits your... Uh, your price, right? But even when it does hit your price, right? Then so what? You buy it for cheap. Man, if I could buy, you know, Tesla stocks right now for 400 bucks, you know, how many people would say yeah too? Yeah, I would buy for $400, right? Instead of buying it now for $600, if you have the opportunity to buy for 400 why wouldn't you? 
right? If you're looking to buy it anyways and get in the, and get into the market, mm-hmm. you know there's there's no there's no other catch. I was going to ask you, what's the catch? Uh, Because there's got to be some situation where someone's getting themselves in trouble here. Yeah, so there are definitely situations where you can get yourself in trouble. Um, So, you know, fortunately, in part of my learnings uh, in my course, I've been been taught to uh, be able to repair certain trades. And, And this is why you do safe conservative trades as well. Because... What you don't want to do is that you don't want to sell a put option at say ninety dollars if your stock if this stock is worth a hundred dollars. You don't want to do that because the chances of the stock falling to ninety dollars is super high and it could happen the next day, right? So I actually have a probability calculator that I use to make sure that ninety five percent of the time that uh, that stock will not drop down to the price that I set it at. Okay? So, and that's it. And that's it, guys. Honestly, uh, when I, and, and, and really, you know, if you want to learn more, you know, less talk of the side, you know, it's something totally that, you know, right now I'm currently, you know, in with a group of, of friends that, that I knew that, that got into it as well. So we're all kind of, you know, learning from different sources. You know, the group originally was learning off of Reddit. And, and you know, in my honest opinion, you know, I never really sought the internet for, for this type of stuff because, you know, I knew there was a lot of bad information out there. And, and you know, it's the internet, right? So I just stuck to what was taught to me, what I've learned, and I kind of just stick to... Um, Stick to stick to the teaching so that you don't get yourself in trouble, right? Um, yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, so so really, you know, since I've uh, you know gotten into it, um, my rate of return has been twenty percent. So that's conservatively, and out of you know maybe the thirty trades that I've done, you know, I've been hundred uh, percent winning. Meaning that none of my trades have been executed. So even if it does get executed, so what? I'm buying at a cheaper rate, right? Because I'm way below what the market price currently is. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it sounds like you're doing your your analysis. You're protecting yourself. Um, you know, you're you're doing enough that you know you're not putting everything into one transaction where you're going to lose everything, even if it did go wrong. So it sounds like you're you're kind of well or you're level headed about it at least yeah and you have to be right because and and you know um and you have to make sure that you you know you you follow what you've been taught because you know there are people out there you know and people i know that are more aggressive with their trades because they're earning more of a premium with those aggressive trades right so um you know you have to look at that point too how aggressive you want to be because you know you know you just want to know what your outcome is but um to be honest you know i'm just earning you know twenty dollars here and there uh with each contract uh and you know i'm happy with that i'm happy with not hitting you know a grand slam of you know um of getting you know a hundred dollars uh a contract or two hundred dollars a contract which you can get so just you know, I'm very conservative when it comes to investing, 
So I'm very conservative when it comes to my money as well, uh, no matter what I do. So because, you know, at the end of the day, it has to sit well with, with your stomach, you know, and what decisions you make, right? So just to kind of paint you more of a picture, um, and again, you know, not boasting, you know, I'm just really wanting to share with you guys because, you know, it's something that, you know, I think everyone should learn, you know, at least, at least to try it, right? Because, um, but, you know, if it's not for you, it's not for you, right? And, and I can't say it's for everyone. But, uh, you know, since starting real trading uh, in January, because I started learning about it in, in November and I was paper trading for a while because I want to, again, put it to the test and really see if this is for real, right? And, you know, paper trade for about two months, built some confidence and started trading January. And on average, I've been every week I've been taking, you know, I've been pocketing uh, about five hundred dollars a week, right? Which is which is good coin. It's good money, side money, and it's something that I didn't spend a lot of time doing after I've learned it. So initially, yeah, I spent a lot of time learning the ins and outs, but now I want to. I'm trying to get to my goal is to get to the point where I can only spend, you know, four hours a week and earn, you know, five hundred or a little bit more than that, or a thousand dollars, right? My goal right now is just to consistently make $500 a week, but you know, I don't think there's going to be an issue of making $1,000 a week or even $2,000 a week, right? You know, and, and the way, you know, again, the options work, there's been some days where you know, I, I pulled in $1,000 in a day and, or $2,000 in a week, but I've learned to kind of settle down and really get back to, get back to kind of level ground with it because you know, you can get really excited from collecting all these premiums and, you know, it's just money right into your account, right? This is, and, and, and this is realized income too. It's not unrealized uh, amount that you're getting, which, you know, my stocks are currently doing, right? So, you know, my stocks with my Questrade account is, uh, you know, I'm up, you know, let's just say 20%. But it's still unrealized cash unless I uh, unless I unless I check out of the trade, right? So yeah. so that's what's one thing that's really nice that I've learned about this method of, of income is that it's very it's very passive and it's you know it's it's um, it's it's good cash flow, right? Um, and and really my goal for this. <laughs> You know, and again, this is something that I've I've just you know thought about and and really setting for myself is that you know at at the rate that I'm going, you know, it's you know I'm I'm currently probably gonna I'm I'm hoping to you know earn twenty grand from this, but keep in mind you do have to pay capital gains because unless you know you have it built in a corporation or or not, um, you do have to pay the CRA uh, the capital gains that you're earning on this money. Um, but, uh, you know, the future, or at least my next step is to, you know, try to earn, uh, you know, 25 K 50 K and then, you know, eventually get to that hundred K mark. Right. So, I mean, I, I set these probably really, uh, exaggerated goals for myself, but I, I like to, you know, aim for the stars, right. And, and really see where I can take it. So, you know, that's just something that, um, you know, it's been, it's been keeping me busy and, you know, it's, it's, it's fun, it's exciting, but, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, 
again, this is just education, but you guys got to be careful and, and, and know what you're getting yourself into, too. I will know by not engaging in any of it. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's totally fine. That doesn't that's mean totally fine. listeners shouldn't do it, but it might be part of a plan down the road, just not something I'm going to look at right now. I'm yeah. sure I'm sure Paul's opened a lot of doors or eyes to a lot of a couple of listeners here. Um, you know, that that's got some funds that they can like you said make your money work for you, right? So Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and at your, the end of it, that's your yeah. whole objective is yeah. to introduce the idea to our friends uh, and, just just to let them know that there's ways to to invest. Yeah, yeah, and maybe that's I, that's just it. maybe I outsource my services to Paul so we can make my money work for me too. <laughs> the craziest no problem, crazy. man. But uh, I think this is a good spot to kind of wrap it up. It's been a long pod. It's been like yeah, yeah, it has. My eyes yeah. want to close <laughs> at this point. So, but uh, dude, it's it's been fun, man. Uh, I, again, this these these. Res- these are like sessions that we normally had in the past on a weekly basis uh, at, a, at the bar, or whatever after volleyball. Um, so yeah, it just feels like it's, it's old times. Yeah, totally, man. No, it was. Uh, it's always. It's always been uh, a slice to 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 kick it with you guys, and you know, hoping that you know the next time we we hang out, it'll be in person. Yeah. Well, one can only hope. Yeah. All right. We're, I'm gonna sign out. Uh, All right. Thanks, Paul, for joining us. All right. Thanks, Paul. Take it easy.